I want to give a special shout out to my patrons. These are the people that behind the scenes provide the support to help me keep this podcast going. I want to thank Rob Barnett, Mary Thomas, John Munson, Terry Smith, Bella Pori, Dale Hozak, Crystal Carroll, Andrew Goddard, Stephen Malio, Anna Lynn, Betsy Hodges, Randy Brown, Chris Bloom, and Steve Rogers, Captain America. Thank you guys so much for your support. It means the world to me. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Uh, my brother Rick and I, when we were probably six and four years old, we had a record player and we had three records. We had the Monkey's Greatest Hits, we had the Disney Robin Hood animated film soundtrack, and we had Burt's Blockbusters from Sesame Street. Growing up, uh, my house was kind of in the pop genre. So uh, my mom would listen to Elton John. So like the earliest memories I have are of listening to Elton John. And and then, you know, we talked about it on our one of our episodes. My first album that I bought myself, I bought two albums, went to two guys in Manalapan and bought... Billy Joel's Glass Houses and the Doobie Brothers album with Taking It to the Streets and, and, and you know, some of their, their huge hits on it. Absolutely fell in love with, with music and you know, was, was crazy about listening to the different LPs that we had in the house. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and uh, we are kind of sort of getting off the Bruce Springsteen train, though I'm sure he will come up as he normally does. I have two fellow music podcasters joining me today. I have Tony. And I have Bill. (laughs) Great Uh, to join you today, Jesse. Yeah. So thanks, guys. They do Bill and Tony's Excellent Adventure. Uh, I can't wait to get more information about that. To start out with, uh, Bill and Tony's Excellent Adventure in Music. Bill, give us your elevator pitch first. Tell us a little bit about who is Bill. So I am a dad. I am a technology executive. Uh, I am a music lover. And I love baseball. And Tony and I have been friends forever, for a very long time. We've known each other since high school. And uh, we hang out, talk music, talk baseball, talk a lot of things, but really just kind of fell into talking music a lot more lately. So we've, we've talked about a lot of things for a long period of time, but music really hasn't been one of them. So it's, it's kind of funny that you know, for two people that have known each other for as long as we have, we, I think we both didn't quite appreciate how much each of us love music. Who's, uh, who's your favorite team? Who's your baseball team? Of choice? I'm, I'm a Yankee fan. I, I grew up, you know, in, in New Jersey, uh, big, big Yankee fan and struggled with some really bad teams in, in the eighties when I was at yeah. you know, high, high school student, brutal teams. Uh, and, you know, 
and enjoyed some good times too. Absolutely. And Tony, how about yourself? Yeah. So um, staying on the baseball front. So that's how we initially bonded 35 years ago, sophomore year in high school was over Yankees baseball. So also a Yankees fan, basically the same bio as Bill. Dad, I've got two, uh, I've got twin 13 year olds, a boy and a girl who are just finishing seventh grade today and happily married, love music, love sports. And um, when we say that we fell into a podcast, I, I like to say that we that I um, I taunted Bill into a podcast. Okay, you're the he, he literally did. Yes, yes. <laughs> so so Bill um, for for at least six months, maybe a year, had been talking about this. Oh yeah, man, I'm listening to every album on the Rolling Stone Top 500 list, and and I'm listening to them deeply, and I'm taking notes, and I'm ranking them myself. So finally, after months of hearing him talk about this, I said, listen, stop talking to me about this and do a podcast. And he said, well, I'll do a podcast if you do it with me. And that's how we've done 11 episodes of our show. Well, uh, I have I've sampled the episodes uh, I've enjoyed. I, of course, had to listen to the Bruce one first uh, because, hey, I do a Bruce Springsteen podcast. Really liked uh, enjoyed your non-spoiler free uh, of, of the new Top Gun. I oh, thought that was you. a fun episode. And uh, today I was I started the Billy Joel episode. So uh, and and I'm about just getting into it uh, and and enjoying it. So I, I think you guys have a nice. It's you could tell your friends, and you've been kind of have a a comfortable communication between you guys. Right. I think that's very clear. The, the chemistry that your friendship comes across on the podcast. Thank you. We, yeah. we, we try to make it uh, a conversation as much as yeah. possible. So I, which is what, why we were kind of excited to come on your show. Cause you know, the format is, is a conversation, which is what we enjoy doing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So I always like to start at the beginning. So uh, I'm going to pick on you first, Tony, you already mentioned growing up, but, what kind of music were your family listened to when you were growing up, when you were a kid, you know, what, what are your musical roots? So um, I'll, I'll answer this in two parts. The first is uh, my brother, Rick and I, when we were probably six and four years old, we had a record player and we had three records. We had the monkey's greatest hits. We had the Disney Robin hood animated film soundtrack. And we had Burt's blockbusters from Sesame street. So that's what we had in our room growing up. And then as far as uh, what was playing with my folks, my, my dad had roughly around 50 LPs. So not one of these, you know, folks that had thousands of albums, but he had, you know, a, 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 a 50 record collection. But the one that I remember most is uh, the Beach Boys Endless Summer Greatest Hits collection. I want to get to you, Bill, but I, so I have a story about Endless Summer. Um, I graduated high school in 1977, so I'm older than dirt. And um, I had gone through a phase. I loved AM radio. You know, like everyone else, I had a clock radio, and that's what I listened to. And a bunch of my buddies were into Kiss. And so I had bought Kiss Alive and Kiss, uh, you know, Destroyer. And uh, so I loved Elton John and Kiss and, you know, 
normal top 40 radio and i went to a montgomery wards <laughs> nice on a saturday night and you know just nothing to do and i walked through montgomery wards and they had the music section right right next to the furniture and everything mm -hmm. and they had eight tracks and they had endless summer on sale and i went oh i wonder who these guys are and so i picked up the eight track brought it to my car and I plugged it in and I had never heard harmony like that before in my life. Yeah. I mean, you go from kiss, which I love, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, to all of a sudden Brian Wilson and his brothers and that song it, and that became that, that was my first musical obsession, Brian Wilson wow. and the beach boys because of that eight track. So yay. Having that album. Yes. That, that is yes. All right, Bill, how about you? So growing up, uh, my house was kind of in the pop genre. So yeah. uh, my mom would listen to Elton John. So like the earliest memories I have are of listening to Elton John. Uh, and, and then, you know, we talked about it on our one of our episodes. My first album that I bought myself, I bought two albums, went to two guys in Manalpin and bought... Billy Joel's Glass Houses and the Doobie Brothers album with Taking It to the Streets and, and, and you know, some of their, their huge hits on it. Yeah. And uh, just absolutely, you know, fell in love with, with music and, you know, was, was crazy about listening to the different LPs that we had in the house. And mm -hmm. it was mostly pop stuff, Earth, Wind and Fire. Uh, you know, we had uh, obviously a, a bunch of Elton John, um, you know, we, one of the things that I, I didn't listen to, and Tony and I, I talked about, I think he had experience with Fleetwood Mac was not something that played in my house, uh, which, mm -hmm. which is, you know, I came to much later in life. But uh, yeah, so I'd say Elton John, Billy Joel, Doobie Brothers, Earth, Wind & Fire, that, that type of stuff was kind of prevalent in my early childhood. Now, are you all both from Jersey? Yeah, uh, Jersey uh, area? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And we, I don't know if this is the right spot to talk about it, but we both grew up you know, five miles from Freehold, New Jersey, where Bruce, you know, spent a lot of his time. Yeah. So I was going to ask that, you know, growing in the, you know, the, you know, Mecca, you know, for a Springsteen fans, was he part of your musical upbringing? Where I, I, absolutely. But yeah. for me, it was most, it, it was the eighties, Bruce, like it, yeah. Born, born in the USA was huge for me. And, and yeah. that's really where I was introduced to, to Bruce. And I, and I didn't really have a lot of context for the 70s stuff until more recently. So. Yeah. How about you, Tony? Same thing or? So, so even more so because so my background is I moved to Jersey in October of 84. Okay. And Born in the USA was released in June of 84. So right. I actually had Born in the USA before I moved to New Jersey. I was living in Oklahoma at the time. So I didn't have the whole Jersey of the whole Bruce Jersey experience. It was yeah. just like, this is just Bruce Springsteen, just some dude who came out with this record. And so I loved born in the USA when it came out, moved to Jersey and I was 13 or 14 at the time. And I was kind of annoyed. That's putting it nicely with moving to New Jersey. And sure. You know, so when I started to realize how, impactful springsteen was not just in jersey but i mean five miles from like like literally right up. where we right where yeah. we were yeah 
you know, yeah, I mean, and this is something that all of our Manalapan folks know is my English teacher in high school was Bruce's English teacher when Bruce was in high school. So that's yes. like one of those uh, legendary um, things where Bruce talks about it in one of his books. He actually puts a picture of um, a note that he wrote to my English teacher, you know, uh, when he was graduating from high school, you know, uh, 20 or 30 years before that. So anyway, so all that to say is that I loved born in the USA before I moved to New Jersey, moved to New Jersey, and then immediately rejected it because I wanted to rebel against anything that was New Jersey because I wasn't really particularly happy about it. Yeah. Uh, what part of Oklahoma? Uh, a town called Broken Arrow, which was a, uh, a suburb of Tulsa. Okay. Um, and some trivia is that's where The Outsiders takes place and where it was shot, if you remember oh. the movie back in the day. So um, as we're recording this, uh, we're two or three weeks away from my birthday was June 3rd. And to celebrate, my wife and my adult son and I all drove to Tulsa. And really? there's the uh, there's the Woody Guthrie Museum there. And the Woody Guthrie Museum is having a Springsteen Live exhibit. Wow. Uh, oh, very cool. And, and then we also, right next to it is the Bob Dylan Museum now. And in so, Tulsa? Both? In Tulsa, That's yes. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So, um, and so I... Uh, one of my best friends is a huge Dylan fan. And I'm like, okay, what's Bob's connection to Tulsa? And he says, that's where the billionaire who wanted to fund the museum <laughs> lives. Uh, but I also think it's because it, I mean, it is next door to the Guthrie museum. I mean, it is the, if you picture a brick building, they are right next door to each other, you know, one wall. And, and so, you've, the, and you've got that thread with the three of them where yeah. they, you know, they're very much connected. So, so that, that was a really fun birthday week. You know, my, my wife and son, like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I'm like, well, and so they were into it. And so we went and we had a great time. Uh, so awesome. yeah. So very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I do love the idea, right. That um, you, you're moving, you're, you're, you're into a new area and all of a sudden everything they're talking about this coolness. And you're like, ah, no, I'm going to rebel. Did you guys become, did you stay, did you become Bruce fans, casual fans later, like with Tunnel of Love or other things? Or was that kind of, you you danced with Born in the USA and then kind of moved on? So I, I had a different uh, experience with Born in the USA with than Tony. I, I absolutely loved the album and was, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, Bruce was very much a part of New Jersey. And I, you know, yeah. spent, pretty much my whole life in New Jersey. And uh, that was my instant connection with Bruce. And, yeah. uh, but I didn't really listen to a whole lot of his other stuff, uh, quite honestly, until recently. So my, yeah. my experience with Bruce was born in the USA. And, you know, I heard the, I heard the hits, the singles sure. from the other albums. I, I know yeah. them well, but I hadn't listened to his whole discography until more recently. And, and my wife is a huge Springsteen fan, much more so than I am. And she's like, you have to listen to this. You have to listen to that. And I just specifically with going through the Rolling Stone top 500, I just was cherry picking albums going, okay, yeah. I'm going to listen to this one. I'm going to listen to that one and just had a lot of fun doing it. And I've, I've really enjoyed his stuff it, between him and Dylan, the, the stories that they tell, it's just, it's amazing to, to listen to the whole albums versus just listening to individual songs. 
So how about you, Tony? Did you get past now that you, you know, you, are you still bitter that you left Oklahoma? <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm I've been in Jersey for 30 plus years. Okay. Love it. But um, and but just to be clear, I, I love born in the USA. And really, that whole rebellious streak now now that born in the USA is, you know, such a sort of pop cultural yeah. you know, uh, touchstone. I love it when I think about born in the USA and I cut off born in the usa the the title track glory days and dancing in the dark and to me the rest of the album is still an amazing is an amazing rock and roll album yeah and i'd say to people and and we were just talking about this in a group chat for our fantasy baseball league that you know the no surrender and cover me in darlington county i'll take those over end of those other three that the big three hits that everybody yeah. knows those three songs are amazing rock and roll songs yeah um no surrender has special meaning to me. I, um, uh, 2015, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. I'm fine. I always like to stress that now, but that was one of the songs that no retreat, no surrender, mm -hmm. you know, playing on that was on my F cancer playlist. Um, and there is, um, I always tell the story. I, I was at, we were at the Houston and, uh, huh? MD Anderson? No, no, I was, uh, we were Houston at a Springsteen show. And, um, and so these um, two brothers, um, you know, had us, one of them said, you know, I busted my brother out of class. Can we sing No Surrender with the band? And um, so um, it was in 2000, uh, 2014. And so if you, Google No Surrender Houston 2014, you will see these Flores brothers get on stage dancing and screaming with Bruce. And I believe it is one of the definitions of joy mm -hmm. watching these two guys just go crazy, you know, singing No Surrender with the, the band. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I want to move to the podcast just a little bit. Um, I, I think it's a great idea to go, but Bill, why did you decide that you needed to embrace or to expand your musical understanding that goes, you know, because a lot of us talk about this, like, oh, we should go through the top 100 FI films in order, right? But and then about three or four, like, ah, <laughs> let's just watch a Seinfeld refill, you know, so talk to me about why you why you decide to explore that and then we'll get to tony about you know kind of calling you out like hey if we're going to do this let's do it right so i started reading articles about the list and picking through the list and i just was like i, I liked a lot of the stuff on it but i was also like i don't know i don't know if i'd rate it there and you know tony and i joke a lot about lists you know i'm, I'm yeah. a list guy i like i like lists i like making lists i like evaluating lists it's just fun you know so for, for me, looking through that list and going through it, I'm like, okay, there's a lot of things that I, I know, but there's also a lot of things I don't know, and I don't know well at all. And I felt like I didn't really have a great perspective on a lot of it. And I'm, you know, just turned 50, pandemic going on. And I'm like, you know what? I want to do something different. I want to stretch my comfort zone. I want to, you know, listen to music that I've never listened to before, see if I enjoy it. And I'm going to listen to it end to end. And I want to get the whole album experience. I don't want to just cherry pick songs. I want to, I want to get the whole album. I want to get the, the story the artist was telling. I want to dig into the history of the artist. I want to read up about 
you know, what was going on at the time. I want to look at the album art. I, you know, I really wanted to look at the whole picture of each of the albums. I have my spreadsheet. I put all of the 2020 Rolling Stone uh, top 500, the 2012, the 2003. I even have the NME list on my, on my spreadsheet. <laughs> so I, I'm going through it and I'm pretty much through the 500 from 2020. I'm now making my way through the, you know, there's obviously cross colonization yeah. from those lists, but I'm making my way through the, through the rest. And it's, it's, it's really helped me grow. I mean, there's, there's music that I didn't, I just dismissed out of hand when I was younger that, you know, just had whatever connotation for me. Like I was not a Pink Floyd fan when I was younger yeah. and I, I'm like, I'm an idiot. Pink Floyd's phenomenal. I, the, yeah. the, the, the absolute, you know, orchestral components of what they do is just phenomenal. And I just have so much of an appreciation for it now. So it took me time to get there. And I just, you know, maybe it was the pandemic, maybe it was you know, midlife crisis. I don't know what it was, but I, I just started enjoying music and try, you know, try to find the things that made me smile and listening, listening to an album and starting going through that made me smile and then being able to talk about it a little bit and, you know, bouncing, bouncing it off Tony going, Hey, if you listen yeah. to this album, you know, and you know, and he's listened to a lot of them. So we're, we're you know, had something to talk about. So Tony, um, I I've Skip and Josh do um, a podcast. They're two Canadian guys and um, their origin story is every Saturday they would call each other. They used to live in the same city. One of them moved away. And so every Saturday they would schedule time and they would call each other and they would just shoot the breeze. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and mostly talking sports, talking, whatever's going on. And, you know, after a couple of years, you tell them, you know, they go, you know, we should just record this and put out a podcast. Right. <laughs> and so, and that's what, you know, Skip and Josh does. And, you know, and then when the pandemic happened, they changed their format to, because there was no sports to talk about and they now pick, top sevens they said everyone does a top 10 top five isn't enough we're going to pick seven and then they just pick your top seven goldberg episodes or your top seven nice. movies that are worth rewatching. so had you had experience in podcasting or were you a podcast listener what made you think of okay bill if we're going to do this let's do it for you know let's do it right jesse what a great question so no as far as experience goes Yes, listener, and and you know, no free plugs, but free plugs. I, I listen to the Ringer Network, and I love the um, the breadth of the programs they offer, spanning movies, TV, and music. So, okay. um, so I during the particularly during the pandemic, I really listened to a ton of of their podcasts. So that's probably why it was fresh on my mind when Bill was just talking incessantly about these these albums i just said well geez let's do a podcast and and he took me up on it so um did who figured out the mechanics and who who does recording who does the editing who does posting um i think you guys take turns hosting from what i can gather right talk to me a little bit under the hood of the mechanics of the podcast so I, I, I got us up and running from a technical perspective, okay. uh, you know, had, had to do all of the research on how to do that, which was 
kind of a task in and of itself. Uh, yes, it is. And, you know, get, figuring out how to get it on every single, you know, aggregator and get it out there so that people can see it and have at it. Um, got, got our domain, got our website, got all, all of that stuff. Um, as, as far as the editing goes, we actually share editing du- duties, which is something that we, you know, enjoy doing because it's, we both get a, a cut at it. We both have, you know, perspective on the story that we want to tell. So I, I think that that's been really great. So we, we try to balance that. And what we're trying to do is try to make it so that we have a, a, you know, okay, this, you know, if, if it's four hours of editing or eight hours of editing, we'll split it, try to split it in half and sure. say, okay, this, this is what it is. And we're trying to, you know, shorten that editing to as, as little as we can possibly do, but it's, it's probably been more editing than I would have thought going into it, to be very honest. So I gave up very quickly and decided that I'm going to cut the preamble before I count us down and I will cut the afterwards where I go, I say goodbye and we wrap up. And then if we have a major, like the dog barks or the phone rings, and then I just let it roll. I, I, I keep all the us and, and just because I just gave up. I was like, I, I'm going to spend six hours working on this hour podcast and it, it's sucking the joy out of it for me. Mm-hmm. I applaud you guys for uh, being more uh, stronger than I am. One of the things I really enjoy about the pol- your podcast is you set a context that, okay, this album came out blank. This is what's going on in this blank to kind of give the listener some context. And the reason I think that's important is one of my other podcasts is a Doctor Who podcast, and we discuss when there's new Doctor Who, we talk about the new episodes, but if not, we, we do a classic Who episode, and you have to, in context, like this is an episode that was coming out in 71. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that where society was and where special effects were, and you have to get your mindset, because if you try to watch it and listen to it with modern ears, Sometimes it clicks, but sometimes it doesn't. So not sure who came up with the format. Um, Tony, I guess it's your turn to talk. (laughs) But if it should be Bill. (laughs) And I won't take full credit, but I will take a good chunk of the credit for the format. And that really stems from, you know, to be candid, from listening to all the pros who have done this for hundreds of episodes for many years. Yeah. Uh, on the network. So that's really where I, I wasn't taking notes, but then when we started talking about it and really when we did our first episode without the format and then thinking about, Oh man, this really didn't work so well. And then thinking, well, what works well? And then I was thinking about all these, you know, hundreds of pods on different shows that I've listened to and said, you know, number one, we need a format. And number two, we need a format that Uh, leads us to a story and i think that that's how we landed on the context and our personal context as well as the social context and then what was popular at the time you know so really it's painting that picture from multiple perspectives so then now when we talk about it we understand where we were or, or where music was and where society was at the time bill anything to add yeah no i think it's it's been an iterative process so we when we you know set out on the podcast journey, 
you know, we actually went down in my basement and, and recorded uh, the, the, our first cut at uh, our Octum Baby show. And it came out, you know, when we listened back to it, we're like, wow, we're actually not total nitwits. It doesn't sound terrible. Um, yeah. But, you know, there was, there was bad, the sound wasn't great and it just, it didn't flow as well as we wanted it to. So we actually wanted to, that was a practice run and we did it a couple of times and, and we wound up, you know, creating a, a Google doc and we have our, our, our show notes. And basically we've iterated to the point where we got to the show notes and the show notes is just a standard structure that we just, you know, okay. And we, what are we doing today? Okay. We're going to do nevermind today. Okay. Uh, what's, what's the layout for the show. And we, we plug the stuff in and it's just, it's a lot easier to walk through it then. You know, I, I like the idea because you guys are having a conversation, but I find as a listener that structure helps. You kind of know what's going to go on. Um, you know, one of the um, we've got this with Helen, uh, you know, um, I'm drawing a blank now, but, you know, they discuss different, they debate, you know, aisle seat or window seat, you know, they do different things. So um, I always, you know, I have kind of a set agenda I send to a guest and I tell them this is just, just a kind of outline, but we're, we're going to go off on tangents, but I just, I want you to kind of think about that. Okay. What kind of music did my family listen to? How many times have you seen Bruce live? You know, what are favorite albums? What are stories, you know, and what are songs you want to hear in the future, you know, and just, and it helps because it, it kind of keeps the flow going, but you also have the conversation happening. So it's a kind of nice mix. And I think you guys have found a good way to do that. Thank you, Jesse. Okay. If you don't mind me saying, like, I agree. And it was validating when you sent us your outline and then listening to a couple of your shows because it validated for us that yeah. what we were doing made sense because we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of feedback from our listeners who you know let's be honest are, are lots of friends and family yeah. and they were saying the same things we love like literally these people who we've known for decades were saying love the historical context it really impacted the way they enjoyed it so they weren't listening because they listened the first time because they were our friends. They keep right. coming back because they love the format. They love the learning about the times and putting things into context. And in your um, outline, totally validated that what we're doing isn't out of left field. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I always love um, every once in a while I will get Sometimes I have someone ask me the question, should I answer these now? And then every once in a while, someone will answer them. I mean, they will send me an email and it's got all of them answered. And I will, I'll reply back. I said, hey, I haven't listened to this. I haven't read this. I said, I don't want to be Larry King where I didn't read the book, you know, because, you know, <laughs> supposedly, but I do, I, I do want to be spontaneous. I, I will tell you the, the worst Tony and Bill, and this has only happened three or four times, but like you and I'll have, we three will have a discussion and then something went wrong. It didn't record. <laughs> and so they will reset. And it is so, I, I've learned after the second time, I have a totally different discussion because you can't repeat that because you're like, oh, um, well, Tony, tell me about the time you moved from to, uh, from Broken Arrow and you hate, you know, and you decided you didn't like Born in the USA anymore. <laughs> like, okay, I've, you've just told the story, Jesse. 
<laughs> yeah, um, that's one of the things that we found with the editing where, you know, if we there's a little section where it doesn't sound right, it sounds off or yeah. or we didn't like it and you try to like snip in a clip, it just doesn't sound right. No, it, it doesn't. Like we, we, we wind up, you know, just doing yeah. it again. Mm -hmm. So do you guys roll dice to figure out which of the it, the albums you're going to discuss? Do you just how do you guys pick which album you're going to discuss? So, so we just alternate. Uh, so okay. the, the, the premise of our season one has been that we pick albums that, so I, in listening to, to the 500, I've ranked my own. So okay. in my spreadsheet, I've got a column for, as I said, all of the things and I've got my rank. And what we've done is we said, okay, we're going to pick albums that are in my rank top 20 list. And we're going to do 10 albums that are in the top 20 and we'll just alternate. Tony picks one, I pick one, Tony picks one, I pick one. And depending on who picks the album, you know, part of the part of the fun of our show is our song draft, which we love to compete. It's kind of like our fantasy baseball angle of, of the album. And we, you know, if Tony picked the album, I get to I get first pick. So then I get to pick a song that I really want to have on my team of songs. So that that's part of the part of the fun of, of alternating the picks. That's 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 a fun that's a that's a fun little twist on it versus just talking about it. Um, do you. What have you, has the, doing the podcast taught you anything or, or things that about yourselves or, or the music, what, what has it, what's changed about it, you know, now that you've been doing this for several months? Jesse, I love this. I, I'm so thrilled that you asked this question because my brother, um, Rick is like just two years younger than me. So literally this weekend, he said, I love the podcast. My favorite part about the podcast is listening to your personal journey of self-discovery on just different aspects of your personality and why they came about. And they and, and this journey of self-discovery happened only because I had this microphone and we were talking about these albums and that's where all of this came out. And and then my brother and and our, our listeners all heard this while I was working through this uh, on the air. Mm. How about you, Bill? Anything? Uh, yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd say similar. You know, it, it's it's really taught me a lot about the things I like, the things I don't like, uh, you know, whether it's the music component of it, but just how I organize my life, that, you know, what what's important to me, putting putting time towards the things that are important to me, doing things that aren't are not, you know, easy for me to do. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, if you would have told me five years ago that I'd be doing a, pot, a podcast and be you know, talking to people and out in front of, you know, a large audience of people, I would have told you you were freaking crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing it because it's stretching me. It's, it's, I'm learning about myself as I'm doing it. And I'm trying to make myself a little bit better every day. And I, you know, I don't always do that, but I try. Yeah. So um, you guys did do born to run. So give me some thoughts. For my listeners who I hopefully will go and check out your uh, episodes, I, that's part of the reason I'm having you on is I want to share the gospel. But uh, give me some thoughts about, you know, listening to Born to Run and whose pick was that? So, I think it was Bill's because it was, I, it was I had first pick, right? It, it, yeah. was, it, was, it was my pick, yes. Okay. Uh, so Born, Born to Run is, uh, is in my top 20. Um, I, I, it's my 16th ranked album of all time. Absolutely love the album. Um, and, you know, when we were deciding albums to do, I, I wanted to think of something that 
people would be excited about. And, and Bruce is, you know, we live in New Jersey. Bruce sure. is, you know, obviously something people get excited about and whether you're in Jersey or not. Um, and Born to Run, listening to it again and again, and we, you know, to do the podcast, I think, Tony, how many times do you listen to it? 20 plus times? I mean, I prop, that, that's, we just listen to it over and over, over again and just try to get little nuances and pieces and, and how the album was structured and one song into the next and, and you know, what's a, you know, a, a main piano track and, you know, which, where is this, the sax really heavy and you know, all those little nuances that I didn't get in just knowing, you know, some of the hits from the album, uh, which again, that's Born to Run to, to me was I knew Born to Run, I knew Thunder Road. I, I didn't really know every song on the album really well, but my, my favorite Bruce song of all time is Jungle Land. I absolutely love Jungle Land. That song just, it's, it's you know, when I listen to that album, I'm like, I can't wait to get to the last track. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, do uh, where, uh, I should know this, where is it ranked in uh, Rolling Stones list of albums currently? So it, it's, uh, I have it too higher. So it's 18 on Rolling okay. Stones list. It's been 18 the past couple Okay. couple of cracks so i have i have it at 16 but it's 18 okay very nice any thoughts tony on born to run just that i can't believe how good of an album this is and it's um just the, the structure of it i love um the way he's ordered the songs on both sides and just the eight tracks to me it's practically a greatest hits album and of course he's got you know a million yeah. great tracks but born to run is everything is a banger it's just amazing yeah Have and, and and jesse that's one of the things that when tony and i go through the albums we're always like what what track would you not have included in it? if you were the producer on this album what track would you have dropped yeah and born born to run there's not a track i would drop from this album i mean it, it, it yeah. is just a, a a nice eight track perfect layout album yeah. You know, it, Jesse, one of the things that disappoints us is when we listen to these albums and it's just like, you know, if only they had cut off instead of putting 12, they put 11 because that 12th song just, you know, kind of takes everything down just a little bit of a notch and, and born to run doesn't have that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen Bruce perform live? I've, I've seen him live at uh, stadium shows. So okay. I saw, I saw him at the at giant stadium a couple of times. Okay, good. And you, Tony? Yeah, four times, uh, twice on the Rising uh, Tour at um, MetLife, Giant Stadium, Meadowlands yeah. in 2003, uh, once in 2016 for the, the River, also at MetLife, Giant Stadium, and then once on Broadway. Ah, very nice. You made so, Broadway? Yeah. So it's interesting. You and I have not gone to the same tours. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Which shows have you gone to, Bill? So, so the... the, the magic tour in uh, 2008 um so that that was the uh i saw a couple shows on that tour so okay very nice cool um tony what'd you think of broadway uh the broadway show was just so amazing and and you know so i consume a lot of television and movies too so i recognize the fact that it was definitely you know semi-scripted you know based on on his yeah. book nevertheless the stories to be told in person in such a small venue. I mean, it, it must have been 
no more than a thousand people, probably less. Yeah. And and then, you know, just him talking, but then there's also a piano and a guitar. And then Patty comes out and does a, an incredible uh, couple of duets, particularly yeah. Brilliant Disguise. And so I can't, you know, I, I actually haven't seen it on TV because I know it's available to stream. Yeah. But but in person, it was just an amazing experience. My uh, my son uh, watched it the first time for like Father's Day last year. And then when we were in Tulsa, we were going to we, we decided we were all tired. And so we just ordered pizza at the Airbnb. And um, Chris said, well, for your birthday, let's watch you know, Bruce on Broadway again. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to complain. And he keeps saying over and over again, he goes, how does he do that? He says, I'm an emotional wreck watching it and, you know, telling these stories. How does he just, okay, I'm going to bear my heart. And then tomorrow I'm going to do it again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So that's pretty good. Um, All right. So let's, um, what's the plans for the podcast? What, where, where do you want to go next? So we're, we're changing up a bit. Okay. Season two. So we, we're actually just recorded our final episode for season one, our 11th episode. We're, we're okay. doing uh, what, what is uh, titled our mixtape battle. So okay. for, the, for the 10 albums that we did and our, our song drafts over the course of the season, Tony and I each have to make a mixtape of the songs that we drafted over the course of the season, one song from each album and tell a story with the mixtape. And then we're, we're, we're letting our, our fans vote on who has the better mixtape. So that that's the end of season one and season two, we're going to stretch it beyond the Rolling Stone list. So we're, we want to really open it up to just music we love okay. and, and just have a broader grouping of albums to choose from. Oh, that sounds a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to be rude. And if you guys need someone to discuss Pet Sounds or another Springsteen album or a John Hyatt album, for that matter. Um, I love John Hyatt. I just saw a documentary on John Hyatt uh, yeah. John, uh, that my, my daughter was uh, interning at the New Jersey Film Festival. And he yeah. just recorded new album uh, and was just an absolutely tremendous documentary. And the album's great. So. Well, the right before we recorded from eight to nine, my time, um, I had Betsy Hodges on and we just talked. Um, I'm going to do a series of John Hyatt episodes for August. Oh. So reach out to me, Bill, and pick your, pick a John Hyatt album you want to talk about and I'll have you on and we'll talk. Okay. Awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I'm hoping to do a whole, I'm hoping to get like, uh, you know, eight episodes for the month of August and every episode I'm going to be is about John Hyatt. So he's one of my favorites. So good. Um, I think that sounds fun. I think that sounds really great. Um, the, um, what else have I, what have I not asked you that I should have? Well, you know, uh, in your outline, you talk about stories from our shows. Yes, uh, our please. Shows. Yes. So um, I've got, two stories from two of uh, my shows and please and, and the first involves uh my my wife who um it was the rising 2003 and i had had tickets and i had uh was was dating someone and i had asked this uh, person to come with me to the show and then but it, it wasn't a serious relationship but um then i went on a blind date with my wife at the now my now wife and was smitten with her and was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to see anybody else anymore. I don't want to see this 
woman. I, I just want to see, you know, Colleen. Yeah. So I told the woman I was dating, I said, I can't make the show. Here's the tickets, gave her the pair of tickets, bought another pair of tickets and took Colleen and spent the whole night looking over my shoulder, hoping that I didn't run into her at the, at the stadium. <laughs> I um, love that story. That is a great story. Yeah. And then it's awesome. And, and then my second story is involving my wife, Colleen. Mm-hmm. In 2016, we go uh, see the river and the river is her favorite song from um, Bruce and her favorite album, of course. So it's the river tour and it's, and now we've, you know, we've got twin at this point in time, eight or nine year olds. We're in our forties. So, and, and, you know, as you know, Bruce does four hour shows. It's dead middle of August. It's hot. It's muggy. It's New Jersey. We're older. We've got young kids. And after hour three, we're just like, oh gosh, you know, I mean, we want to go home. Yeah. But he hasn't played the river yet. And Colleen's saying, we can't go until he plays the river. This is the river tour. We can't leave until he plays the river. He didn't play the river the whole the whole show she so, was so mad this was the second leg of the tour where he wasn't doing the river in order right i guess yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously yeah yeah that's yeah because the first part right he did uh he played the river in order then they went to europe he stopped and then when yeah. he came back uh so i was at i was I was at the second MetLife show where they did that three in a row there at the arena. Mm-hmm. And I was at the second one. So, yeah. How about you, Bill? Not just Bruce stories. Are there other concert stories or shows that you want well, to share? Well, so kind kind of a Bruce adjacent story. So yeah. uh, my, my wife and I and, and uh, our oldest daughter just went to see Coldplay, the Music is Fears tour. And it was their uh, last last shows uh in the east coast they think they had one show in florida afterwards but um so they had two dates in at metlife in new jersey and we had tickets to the saturday show so we go to saturday's show and we we know they're going to bring out a special guest like okay it's going to be bruce it's probably going to be bruce maybe it'll be bon jovi like it you know it's going to be it's going to be somebody good so we're there and the show's great and everything's awesome and you know gets to the part where it's the end of the show and they're going to bring out their guest and they bring out Kylie Minogue and she was great. She was phenomenal. Cut to the next night. The next night they bring out Bruce. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my favorite story about that is the first time I saw him was in 2002 at the rising tour here in Dallas and Don Henley came out and they sang, I fought the law together. Like, Oh, this is great. And so my second show was Devils and Dust and uh, Jimmy LaFay came out and they did My Oklahoma Home. So I'm like, okay, this is a thing, right? You know, <laughs> like this. So I had tickets to and him in Nashville and I was like, oh, who's going to come? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Nashville. There, No one showed up. No extra really? people. I just, I just knew there'd be someone like Roseanne Cash or, you know, someone is going to show, but no, he did. Yeah. I didn't get it. I didn't get a special guest. So yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a shocker. Yeah. That, that was one of those things. Yes. Now he did in Dallas once um, Bon Jovi was playing the next night and he came on stage and they did glory days together. Well, which and, was and, a then, lot of fun. and then my other near sure. miss was, just this past week, McCartney's last show. Right. I, I was trying to convince my wife. I'm like, come on, let's go. And, she, and she's like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I don't feel like going. I'm like, I re- like, it's McCartney. Come on, let's go. Yeah. We wound up not going. 
and obviously he brings out Bruce and Bon Jovi sings him happy birthday. So it's yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So inside of inside of a week, I could have seen Bruce twice, twice. and, I, and I, I missed them both uh, full time. That is awesome. I, I love that. Um, all right. Uh, final thoughts. Anything before we get to the Mary question? So, so for me, f- final thoughts are kind of like where I gravitate musically for, for Bruce. So I born in, born in the USA is my 80s, you know, OG Bruce, but Born to Run is probably the album I go to as my favorite Bruce album now. But the one I listen to the most is Nebraska. I absolutely love that album. It's probably the one I've listened to. You know, I, I re-listen to a lot of the, the albums that I do on the, the top 500 when I really just connect to them. And Nebraska is probably the album that I've connected to the most. When I'm just quiet at night and I want to just listen to something a little bit more melancholy, I just put Nebraska on. Mm. Very nice. How about you, Tony? Any final thoughts? Sure. Um, so similarly, so Thunder Road is, you know, uh, top five songs of all time by any artist, you know, you name it, whatever. Thunder Road is just an all timer. Um, but for me, in in my exploration of Bruce through this process, I've rediscovered or discovered how good Tunnel of Love is. And for me, Tunnel of Love is, um, I don't know if it's underrated. All I know is it's amazing. I love, you know, the... I don't want to say Americana because that's bad nowadays, yeah. but the roots, you know, sort of the rootsy sound to it. It really sounds like rootsy country, old style country, not modern country, but really the John Hyatt, you know, kind yeah. of country. So um, I often will pick Tunnel of Love. If I have to pick a favorite album, I pick Tunnel of Love. And I, I have a theory that you either need to have your heart broken a few times or been married for a while to truly enjoy Tunnel of Love there because it is so much about a relationship. So very nice. Quick thoughts, letter to you, uh, Western Stars, any what, thoughts? What Western, Western Stars is another one. I absolutely love that album. Wayfarer is a, is a song that just like is amazing. And the whole, you know, very cowboy feeling of that album, I absolutely love. And let, letter to you for a 70 year old guy, darn, that's that's just a tremendous album. I mean, we went, we went to see Dylan, uh, in, in Philly at the Met in Philly yeah. uh, in, in his, his October, rough, yeah. you know, his, his yeah. uh, current, current tour. He was, he was great, but he doesn't have the same voice he did when he was younger. Bruce still sounds like Bruce and you know, it, it's really amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love the film. I, I was so jealous. I wanted to be in that barn so bad. In fact, my wife whispered to me like, you want to be there, don't you? Yes. Yes. How about you, Tony? Thoughts on Western stars letter to you? Uh, no additional thoughts. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I go. Okay. Very nice. All right. So if you are a fan of Bill's and Tony's, um, I hope you've enjoyed our discussion. They have made you proud. Um, I end every podcast with the Mary question. I don't do a draft. I do the Mary question. So Jay Armstrong is a former honors English teacher. He's recently retired, but when he was teaching, he would take his honors English class and they would take two days and they would break apart Thunder Road as a poem. They would talk about the themes of the song. They would talk about the imagery. They would break down all the lyrics. And at the end of the two days, uh, Jay would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? So that is your question. Bill, you first. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? So so, um, I had to actually bounce that one off my wife, who's a bigger Bruce fan than I am. By the way, I want her to join me. Tell her (laughs) that I need her to be on the podcast, okay? Absolutely. She would love to. Okay, great. 
So uh, her, her answer was, it's Bruce. Of course, she got in the car. Okay, very <laughs> nice. All right. Tony, how about you? Well, so you mentioned the the originator of this question is the honors English teacher. Yes. And, you know, my honors English teacher was also Bruce's English teacher. So okay. I feel particularly qualified to answer this question. Very nice. And I'll say that absolutely she did. Not because it's Bruce, but because when you think about the album Born to Run and you think about the two sides and the, the lead track on sides one and two are Thunder Road and Born to Run songs about um, youthful exuberance. And then when you think about Backstreets and Jungle Land that close both sides, it's a little bit darker, edgier, like maybe, you know, that life that you think is amazing isn't there, uh, isn't really what it is. So since we're talking about that youthful exuberance, absolutely, Mary gets in the car and Thunder Road. Very nice. All right. If Tell, tell everyone how they can find y'all. So we are on Twitter at Bill and Tony Pod. Uh, we are on Instagram at Bill and Tony Pod. We're on Facebook at BNT Excellent. Our podcast is on every major podcasting. You can find us anywhere. Bill and Tony's Excellent Adventure in Music. And give us a shot. Yeah, check it out. Listen to them. Tell them. Shoot them a, a text, uh, you know, a Twitter. Let them know that you heard about it on Set Lessing Bruce. Um, Tony, Bill, you guys are welcome anytime. I would love to, we could talk all night about different songs and different albums. So you guys are great people. And I just appreciate you guys spending time with me. Likewise. Thanks, Jesse. Je Jesse, yeah. this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Good. Total blast. All right, listeners, go get vaccinated, go get boosted, be safe, and let's all be kind to each other because that's how we're going to get through this. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlessingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. You can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. Fantasy Points.